I have some bad news. Oh, let's do that. Rapper <laughs> Shock G, Humpty Hump. I wanted to bring this died. up. He's I the one to, to put the satin up. on your panties. <laughs> right? Yeah. He, may he rest in peace. He is I want to bring this up. I was, uh, I was a ninth grader. I was in choir in ninth grade in Texas. And, <laughs> did you uh, guys, did, did choir do the humpy dance? No, no, no. <laughs> Let me say my story. We went on a, we went on a field trip, bus trip, I guess, show, whatever, to, uh, to Dallas. And we're in the bus. And uh, a lot of the football players at the school I went to play or were in choir because it was an easy A. And so they all sat in the back and, uh, you know, I, I was, I guess, still kind of new to the school or whatever, 1989, 1990. And they're all listening to um, Digital Underground, which uh, shocked these um, group. And I knew nothing about rap music. I knew nothing about any of it. But, um, you know, they, uh, one of them was like, hey, Liggett. Said, yes, sir. <laughs> and I walked to the back and he said, Hey man, what do you think of this? Shit? And he starts playing the, the Humpty dance and, and uh, this album called sex packets and all that. And I was like, it's pretty good, sir. Hey, fun anyway, fact about- fun it was fact really good. It, it was different and it, it kind of blew my mind. So I went home and I was like, mom, I want to buy digital underground. And she's like, you know, whatever. And so, I bought Digital Underground, and for the next four years, I listened to a lot of Digital Underground. Became a huge Shock G fan. Um, he was a lot more than just Humpty. He he went on to be this big time record producer. He uh, he he discovered Tupac. And no, oh, that was my stuff. fun fact that Tupac was yeah. originally yeah. in the Digital Underground. When he yeah. had a dancer for them, he was a dancer for them. Yeah, and yeah. then you know he appeared in their song, uh, same song. He kind of has the last lyric in it. And, uh, but no, I, I saw that this morning. And, you know, Gordon, I know you post a lot of, a lot of times when musicians died and they had an impact on your life and, and usually come out with these, you know, really nice things that you say about them. I, I don't have a whole lot of musicians that, that, you know, affected me when I was younger. He was one of the few. And I, I was yeah. legitimately sad about it. He, uh, I think he died at 59, which is far too young. And, uh, yeah, I was really sad about that. So that's my story. Yeah, I can't say that I was like ever a, a huge Digital Underground fan, but I remember that song. And I mean, that was a big deal, that song. Yeah, well, they uh, they came from Oakland. And so um, they were huge in, on the West Coast and probably in your wheelhouse when you were younger. Um, it's probably around the time that they, when you were living there was when they were, I think when they were huge. So um I don't know how close you live to Oakland. I know you're out in California. Uh, and, uh, by then, yeah, I... they they were huge A's fans. That they always yeah. wore A's jackets. They always oh, yeah. wore Raiders and and all that kind of stuff. So, um, but yeah, if you, give them a listen. They they were they they mixed a lot of '70s funk and uh, into their into their music. It was a lot of the you know how rap in the '80s was very, um, I wouldn't say a lot simpler, but you know it was very. They had a rhythm to it, and right. they didn't really go crazy with the rhyming schemes or anything like that. And uh, they were the first, you know, tried new things, tried different things. And uh, I mean, you know, if you're ever really bored one day, go go listen to some deep cuts from Digital Underground, and I think you would you would be amazed at what they were doing back in the late '80s um, that really became popular in the '90s 
a lot of their stuff was clean and i think they they kind of got overshadowed by you know the hard rap that came out in the early 90s which kind of pushed them to the side but uh but no, it was really good stuff and uh um yeah, he's very very respected by a lot of current rappers today so i saw i've seen a lot on twitter about him today yeah i just saw it before we started recording that he had passed away guest today is Brent Schaller. He's a local celebrity and genius, and he was the star and the winner of episode eight of Assembly Required, a, uh, I guess you'd call it kind of a re- reality game show, maybe. Uh, we can talk about that a little more on the History Channel. Uh, the episode just aired on April 13th, and uh, Gordon and I actually watched it, and I'm not sure if Billy did, but we'll talk about that too. Um, so, Brett, thanks for coming on to the show. Um, how are you doing? Doing great. Thanks for having me, guys. Great. How did how did how did all this come about? I saw a post on Facebook in a group for the Power Racing series, and it was a casting call. Just one little image saying we want inventors, engineers, scientists for this new show, and that was the kickoff. And I went ahead and sent stuff in. But it went through a bunch of rounds with the casting group and then with the the company, the film company, until I finally made it to the end. And they said, hey, you're going to be on one of the episodes. So the casting process, how much was it just your overall ability and just how much maybe was your personality? Did they give you kind of a breakdown? Was it basically all of one or all of the other? It couldn't have been all of my personality because that wouldn't have won it. <laughs> um, it started off with me submitting uh, pictures and some video of work that I had done. So I think that was the first thing they were looking for. And that triggered a video call. So there was a video conference call really early on. And I was very nervous for that. And apparently that worked out well enough. They thought I must have looked at least good enough to be on TV. <laughs> yeah, um, I think I know they mentioned it several times. They liked your hair a lot. <laughs> and I've since, after what, 25, 30 years, changed my hairstyle recently. Oh, so yeah. wow. Top. <laughs> oh, wow. That's your trademark. I can't believe that. That's what I thought. My my wife and one of my sons had said, no, it's it's time for a change here. And I'm like, all right, I'll, I'll, I'm game. We can do that. Well, uh, you know, after you get famous looking a certain way, you kind of maybe have to make a change so you don't get recognized. <laughs> I had to throw off the paparazzi here in Sanford. That's, that's right. That's right. We haven't been able to find you yet. <laughs> so um, Brad, the, sh- the show you're on is hosted by uh tim allen and, and richard uh oh shoot was it i don't have them Karn. Karn. Karn, which which for us you know for us older gentlemen is uh tim and al from home improvement and 
um, which would have been a huge thrill uh, for, for someone like me that grew up watching that show. Uh, how long in this process when you were, um, you know, uh, answering the, the casting call and all that, how long did it take for you to find out what this show was, who was hosting it, and, and what exactly you were getting involved in? It wasn't until I got past the casting agency and a couple of rounds with the production company that I finally learned um, more about the show. And then I learned, because when I signed up for this, I didn't know what they were going to ask me to do. I was just gung-ho and it sounds like me, let's try this. And then really almost before we started shooting, like maybe two weeks before, they said, hey, we've got the host. I can tell you who it is. It's going to be Tim Allen and Richard Karn. So I didn't even know it was them. I'm thinking, you know, because I, I had no idea who we were going to get. And I was really excited because I, like you, I also was watching Home Improvement back when I bought my first home and was, you know, experimenting with home improvement projects mm -hmm. myself. And I was more of an Al person than a Tim person. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, as far as the fan base goes, um, although I've made plenty of tin type mistakes as he had done on the show as well. Maybe not as bad as some of his. I always liked the guy behind the fence. The, the Mr. Wilson. Wilson. Yeah. yeah. Yes. So really we watched the show. the show and you just, I was telling Gordon, you pretty much dominated the show. You really did. Way, way better than the other guys. <laughs> oh, I appreciate that, guys. I sure didn't feel that way when I was, when it was happening. I mean, I had the, the very first thing when they, you saw me taping something together on that vacuum cleaner. Yeah, that I mean, that glue didn't set up, so the, the, they yeah. didn't really tell you this. But I, I I charged the batteries first. I made the little special custom made um, airfoil shaped propeller blade, and I glued it to the motor with this epoxy. But they had scraped off all of the names on all the stuff in the box, so that it wouldn't show up on the video. So there wouldn't be any, I guess, royalties or rights or something. So the epoxy just said five minute epoxy. And I thought, well, it was in the box. It must work for this. And apparently it didn't work for metal. It never set up. Oof. I, wow. I worked all the way through. I would check it. I'd go back, keep making parts. I'd check it. I was always designing and building for that application. And then at the last 20 minutes to go, I scrapped everything and started over from scratch. Yeah. You, um, is, during the first, um, the first challenge, you, you, you like explicitly said that you were going to set out to, um, to kind of gain an advantage over the other guys. Um, and I think it had to do with like building a housing for the vacuum. Um, I mean, was that like a, a strategy that you went in with that you were not just going to try to make a working vacuum, but that you were going to do something to, to kind of one up the other guys. I was going to try one up them with the prop. They, they'd given us pieces. The propeller, of the that vacuum. was it. Yeah. The propeller. So they had given us parts of two other vacuums. Nothing was complete. It was just pieces and parts. You saw two of the guys were using the little circuit board that came with them. Mm -hmm. I think that was a, a shortcoming for them because I ripped all that out, went straight power switch motor. I don't know what the circuit board did, and I didn't want to find out if it did or didn't do what I wanted it to do. Right. Yeah. <laughs> no instruction. So, but the prop, I thought, you know, me being the aerospace engineer and me not saying air, air um, Airflow, I was going to, I actually made a little mold in there, didn't show that either. And I formed airfoil shaped blades in a little tiny prop and I was going to bond it to the shaft and I was going to have better airflow. I thought that was my big, you know, all big yeah. plans and they all fall <laughs> apart once you get started. Right. I say you might have a, a future as a, a vacuum inventor <laughs> because, <laughs> because, it, because yours just destroyed theirs. <laughs> and the, yeah. you had to pick up the little balls and yours was just so much better. 
I took the batteries they supplied. Instead of using one of the batteries, I ran them in series and bumped the voltage up as high as it would go. And eventually, it might burn up the motor, but it didn't matter because it was just how fast can you do it right now. So I actually took an advantage on uh, going up to 24 volts for what was supposed to be a 12-volt design. Wow. And that's why it was really loud and spun up much faster. And I also shaped the tip so that it wouldn't, uh, it would lay flatter against the thing, but still have a, a gap so the air could flow in. It wouldn't plug it. Like, you know, you uh, vacuum your car and the vacuum sticks to the carpet. Mm -hmm. I shaped the end of it so it couldn't get stuck. It had two uh, planes and I was just able to mow it right up. So I was thinking ahead, but I'm just happy it worked out because I was really nervous and I, I couldn't see what they were doing. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that that's actually something I was curious about. I get, I was on a TV show that filmed back in November, and we you know we did a little spot for the rant on Tar Heel Traveler, and it's like they filmed so much more than they use. And I'm curious, you know, when you saw the finished product, how do you, how how much do you feel like it reflected, you know, what went down, what 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 got filmed at least on your end? I think the editing guys did a great job. They, yeah. the, the camera guy here shot three cameras for about 50 hours. So there's wow. 150 hours wow. of footage. And they, I had maybe eight to 10 minutes of screen time. I could not do that job. So I, I, I was happy with what they came up with. I was also relieved that they showed me in, in a, a positive light. I think some of these reality shows, as they have a character that you like or dislike, I think editing can play in that. Yeah. Right. Like right. the, the gentleman who, sc who screwed through his finger, he was kind of hunched over on the ground. They kept showing that for, they gave him a full two, three minutes of suffering. <laughs> wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, was that the clown? The guy who. who no, was like, it was a different episode. Well, oh, well, right, oh, right, oh, okay. right before my episode, I watched that and I'm thinking, man, I'm glad that wasn't me. Cause if that's all they got to remember me by, I'd, I'd be second guessing, you know, toughing it out. Yeah. Well, this is something that you and I talked about that you all three had, very different approaches and you could tell that the clown guy, well, I don't mean, I don't know what his, I don't know what his profession was, but he used to be a clown. Is that correct? He said for the Ringling brothers. Yeah. Yeah. So you could tell that he was looking for something that was a little more aesthetically pleasing, I guess. And um, you, whereas you were more just, just functionality. And I think that's pretty much why you dominated. <laughs> I wanted um, Function first, and any leftover time went into aesthetics. I mean, I tried to carry some aesthetics with it, but I didn't yeah. come up with the very utilitarian-looking piece. And the guy, like, really, really late, after I was done building it, it shipped to California, and I couldn't touch it. They finally sent an email to us where they listed everyone's email. and It wasn't blind copy. I could see their email addresses. So I could then go to his.com and see his work, and I was like, oh, my God, this guy's incredible. He was, a, like, a metalworking artisan. He's done uh, sculptures for city installations, just incredible stuff. And I'm wow. thinking, okay, I just shipped mine off and I know it didn't look pretty. And this guy's going to kill me is what I was thinking. <laughs> <laughs> so, and the, when they, when they revealed you as the winner, that was, um, I mean, that was all in real time. That's, that's how it was depicted on the show. You didn't know ahead of time. Um, it we shipped them to California and about, uh, I must say 10 days later, they had done their testing and I had to go back out to the shop and shoot the scene where they announced the winner. So I knew months right. ago, but they right. said, if, if, if anyone won prize money and we find out you told anything about the story, you would forfeit your prize money. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so mom's the word. Yeah. Kind of, <laughs> so like I have a question about that and you, you don't have to answer or you can just tell me to shut up. But I've always wondered how how you get that 
like I watch a lot of prices right. But how do you get those prizes? Like, do they just send you a check or I still don't know. Oh, you still haven't gotten it? They said they wouldn't release the prize money until after my show my show aired. Oh, okay. And wow. I didn't want to call 10 minutes after it was over. I figured, you know, <laughs> where's my check? I yeah. thought about it. So I'm still sitting tight waiting to see if a check's gonna come in the mail or what's gonna happen. Oh, okay. Well that's cool. Yeah, I've always wondered like that if you win a car, what do you like you go to the dealership and pick up a car or something? They give you like a gift card for a car. <laughs> <laughs> it's a Walmart gift card. <laughs> <laughs> Brett, one thing I noticed is um the other guys got their um their their cities directly, you know, called out as they were introduced, but they didn't they didn't mention Sanford until much later. They yeah. took, they asked me uh, about my background. So I went from start to finish. Mm-hmm. And then what they kept was the start. Right. Yeah. I noticed right. that they said you're from Oakland, California. And I was like, Oh, he's from Sanford. And when I talked yeah. to you and you'd said that, I said, you go, you know what? Honestly, I, I did, went through high school in Oakland. That was 18 years. I've now been in Sanford 19 years. I've lived here longer than anywhere else. Right. So I think that makes Sanford like the number one place now. And we, uh, and we actually love Sanford. We came here uh, before this was Wisconsin. I did Florida and I did California. And my wife and I picked um, North Carolina out of the Almanac for days of sunshine, mountains, ocean. And we love it. There you it's go. been awesome. This is the best place to live. Someone that's been yeah. in other places. Yeah. And you guys, and especially your wife with her practice has been to become a real part of the community too. So I know yes, you're very been, It's been, yeah. I guess, 12 years since we opened Willow Creek Animal Hospital, and she's been on the Board of Health for a long time now. Mm-hmm. So we've been, uh, I guess, part of the community for some time now. Um, Brett, so, Brett, you're named the winner. Um, and I know with a lot of shows like this that maybe down the line they bring back kind of, you know, the, the all-stars or they bring back, you know, the, the best of the best. Um, do you think that this is – the, that was the start and the finish of your involvement with the show, or uh, do you think there's going to be a callback down the line, or did they even mention anything like that to you? The the producer I work with said, "That's it, start and finish." But the okay. paperwork they, <laughs> the paperwork they had me sign left that open. Okay, but they oh. could come back and ask me to go to California or go back out or do something else. And I'm not supposed to do any other reality shows for another six months. That just really, you know, takes a dent in my calendar there. But, uh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I recall, I recall in the past, um, and please correct me if I'm wrong. Um, this might just be a wrong memory, but uh, I want to say that your name was was thrown out there in in other shows in the past, and uh, for some reason, Shark Tank um, is, is is there in my memory, and, and maybe I'm wrong or not, but. Is this your first dive into reality TV like that, or have you done anything like this before? This is the first time I made it through. I did apply for Shark Tank, and I got to round three. But okay. uh, in okay. the video, you saw me with this thing strapped to my ankles doing circles. Yeah. That's yeah. an invention that I created. That's one of my patents that I patented myself. It doesn't belong to a company I worked for. And I took that idea to Shark Tank. But it was the very first season, and I didn't know that they were looking for established companies. I didn't know what Shark Tank was. Like Once again, they said, Shark Tank, you know, bring your idea, come see us, and I went for it. And then after seeing the show, I understand 
that I wasn't a good fit because they're going to go, well, how many of you sold? I'm like, right. It's I haven't always... sold any. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Then they, then they zoom in on Mark Cuban, giving you the, the confused look. And then, and then, you're out of <laughs> then you get tore down by Mr. Perfect or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I got through a few rounds. I did the video and I tried that. And then there was also another one about a millionaire inventor that I did a video for. So I've tried this my third time, third time I finally got through and got onto a show. And um, uh, I thought it was a lot, a lot of fun. I, I know you had, and you have several titles and, and inventor is one of them. How many, uh, I mean, how many patent, you know, inventions have, have you taken from, from idea to patent or patent. idea to, two to with uh, the, fruition? Two with two different companies I worked for okay. that they had to name me on, but the IP belongs to the company because I was their employee. And then was my third. And then more recently, this past this year, this last year, I got the official patent. Uh, my wife and I for um, radiographing uh, pets for doing dental radiographs, and I just got my fourth patent on that one. And that one was really cool because I actually wrote the patent myself and submitted it with all my claims. And I'm like, I'm just going to do this because I'm not going to spend that money on this one. I'm just going to see what happens. And they came back and said all the claims were accepted. They didn't, the examiner didn't have a problem with anything I claimed. And they said, but we can tell you're not an attorney and we encourage you to get one, but you need to go fix this format stuff on page six, five, seven. And, and I had to go and do a bunch of uh, detail work on how I actually submitted it, but I got it done and got it. It was formally uh, approved. Um, you mentioned watching other episodes of the show, I guess, you know, I imagine that was like a, uh, you know, wanting to see what the final product might look like before you saw your episode. Is this something that you're going to continue to watch? Oh yeah. I've watched every episode. I love them. Yeah. I think they've done a great job with the show. I was actually bummed. IMDB has them at a 6.7 or something and not like an eight or a nine. I found the show to be really entertaining. Although I, Tim's I not very it. nice. Yeah. <laughs> I, I nice thought that he, he seemed like kind of a jerk, you know, <laughs> at least what, what they're showing on the show. He, he's like, that's the, guy and al's the good cop yeah yeah i noticed that he 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 had a little bit of a, a harsh manner i'll say and the, uh, tim tim yeah okay and yeah the the episode with the i've never made anything with fire i'm not <laughs> sure i would have really? done well with that episode i was i was really nice to see it but i was happy that wasn't what i came up with yeah right. so did you did you get your car wash thing back and are you using it no, I don't get anything back. It's all the property oh. of the uh, show. Oh, okay. <laughs> wow. What if, they I, just, I, what if they patent your vacuum? And <laughs> yeah. It's all signed over. It's, it's, yeah. uh, I, I was telling you when you talked to me earlier, it, uh, the, the wording, it wasn't just they have the rights to it. They have the rights to it now on video, on streaming, on, on all the audio, anything they shot or recorded or anything I had said during the process. And they said if some new method comes up for showing entertainment, they have the rights to that too, to show this on that. And it was not just perpetuity, it was also throughout the universe. The, contract. <laughs> the universe. <laughs> yes. The universe. Yeah. They're gonna they Yeah. There's gonna Crossing be showing all their teas there. <laughs> they're gonna be showing this on like Ganymede sometime, you know, in the future. <laughs> yeah, I had to sign a, a whole lot of paperwork when I did that true crime show, I guess. I guess they can uh, they can use my my likeness and my words forever, but 
Uh, Old Hollywood Gordon. That's here. right. Yeah, yeah. Big, big yeah, how many episodes of this podcast is Gordon going to bring this up in? Hey, hey. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome, though. I think it's well, great. I, but I'm yeah. curious. When I did that, there was a bunch of times, even beforehand, where they were like, we want to ask you about X, Y, and Z. And I said, I'm not comfortable talking about that because I don't know about it. And they they told me, well, look, you know, just as long as you don't say something that you don't want to say, you're going to be fine. But they did try to lead me in certain directions. Did that happen to you at all? Or did they just say, do what you do and we're going to film it? Um, that was, that was one thing. They, uh, they were wide open with giving us the freedom to do what we wanted to do. Although on the show, they're saying that you can use whatever you want. On the first phase, the vacuum cleaner phase, we were told we could only use what was in the box. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the, the negative and the pros and cons, one, they said I could use all of my tools and do whatever I want. But then the flip side is that if you fail, you can't go, well, it wasn't my tools, you know, and I was restricted on this and I couldn't do it that way. And they were, mm-hmm. it was not like that at all. You were uh, given all the rope you needed to to make it or, or not. Right. It was really cool. Yeah, I was, I was definitely entertained watching it. I thought it was, I thought it was neat. And I would watch it if I saw it on again. The, um, the other contestants I've seen, like you asked if I would go back for the All-Stars. I'd go back, but um, there's some really talented people on the show. Oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah, I watched with the, I'm sorry, I watched the one with the, the flamethrower, and those were pretty amazing. <laughs> and the aesthetics, the one guy made us look like the P-51. He had the green and the logos on it. And yeah. I thought, nice work. That's been, uh, it's been, I've been having a watching game. I, see their makers out there doing this crazy stuff um there's probably some of the makers here in sanford doing the things they just didn't see the cast at all <laughs> right well brett um want to thank you for your time and congratulations awesome job so yeah um was a- and when when your six months is up uh let us know when you're at a reality show purgatory and can and can go on your <laughs> next one <laughs> Uh, if, anybody, if anybody wants to watch it, the show is Assembly Required. It's on the History Channel, and uh, if you have a if you have a cable service or anything like that, you can. Um, I'm I'm at the website right now, and uh, you can watch it. It's episode nine of season one, and uh, um, uh, yeah, it, it's it, all, yeah, all I think, nine. All I think all ten episodes are there. So yeah, I think that every week they that week's episode is free on their website because i know we watched it that week but i'm not sure after that week if it's free or not but no yeah you have to you have to have a tv provider after that but yeah um, so you can get it on like the history app if you if you have a provider or cable or something like that it was a really cool show I, i recommend it it wasn't entirely free. I had to sit through a lot of commercials to watch. Yeah, it. yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness, seems like there's more on streaming. Yeah, yeah. It's like and it makes you interact with the ad, or and yeah. then, it, then it's like choosing choosing the next three seconds, or you have to watch a three minute commercial. Yeah. <laughs> well, I appreciate you guys having me. I can now add to my celebrity resume that I've been featured on the rant. There you go. There you awesome. Go. There you I'm go. Glad you're, you guys are doing a great job, and thank you so much for having me on the show. Um, we had another Sanford native appear on the TV. Um, 
uh, yesterday, if you're listening to this, the day it's released, that is yesterday, but Thursday, um, friend of the rant and former guest Aslan Freeman appeared on the Kelly Clarkson show. Uh, I didn't. I didn't get to see that. I uh, didn't get to watch the whole thing, but I did see some some brief video of it. I, I need to make a point to watch it. Um, but you know, it was recorded in advance. I talked to Aslan a little bit, and he um, he had to like record and and mix and produce everything to the level of quality that would be acceptable for a national TV show. So that's a hell of an a hell of an achievement. Um, I assume it was with Laney Wilson, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Performing with Laney Wilson. Yeah. And um, how often was he was he on camera for the, the performance? Um, like I said, I just saw some brief video clips that he posted, but I mean, you can you can see him playing guitar. Cool. Um, she's uh, she's one of the new queens of daytime right now. So <laughs> a yeah. lot of people saw. That's kind of huge for them. Hey, I got breaking news. Break it. My daughter's uh, um, Battle of the Books team at BT Bullock Elementary School is the county champions this morning. Nice. Congratulations, yeah. Haley and other team members. <laughs> Haley and all. Yeah, I just got the news from my wife. So uh, I told her, hey, get a photo of the team and we will run it in the newspaper. <laughs> <laughs> They'll be thrilled. Oh boy! Did you ever appear in the newspaper when you were a kid? Yeah, um, I was in. I did theater as a child. After I realized I was no good at baseball, and I still have some some newspaper coverage of my my stardom. That was in San Marcos, California. Yeah. Was it uh, just the picture of you, or was it you in a group, or uh, both? There was uh, there was a story when we had auditions, um, and then there was another one where there was a review, and then a year or two later, I I I landed my first lead role, starring as Pinocchio in a production of Pinocchio. And there was a, there was a picture of me in the newspaper for that. That's uh, that's actually kind of cool. <laughs> I won't lie, that's that's kind of cool. Yeah, I have. There's, there, I think my brother has it. There's a, a video of that production, and uh, he showed it to my wife one time, <laughs> and I was uh, aghast, absolutely aghast. But yeah, yeah, I, I did that. I was, um, I, I, I acted through through high school. You still have the clippings from those papers? Yeah, I've got them somewhere. It's amazing. Um, you know, you and I worked in community newspapers for a long time, and uh, just amazing how happy it makes people when they appear in the newspaper, even if it's. You know, even if it goes out to just 8,000 people or 10,000 right. people, there's a, um, a lot of people are, are, are thrilled about it. When I, uh, <laughs> when I moved away from my hometown and every now and then my hometown, would, my, like I would get, 
I would be named editor at the Opelousas Daily World or the Sanford Herald. And my mom would send a note to the local newspaper, the yeah. Sulphur Springs News Telegram. And then they would run my photo and say, Billy Liggett has been named editor. And I swear I could win, I could win the Nobel Prize and it not be covered. And my grandparents wouldn't have cared. But when I appeared in that newspaper, man, they were. It was like I had hit the big time there. Right. And they would always talk about it and they would clip it and put it on their fridge. There, um, there was another time, um, this would have been about 1986 or seven. And my brother and I and some other neighborhood kids were, were outside um, playing in the street with, uh, it was, must have been fall because we were playing with a pile of leaves, throwing leaves at each other. And a man drove up and got out of the car and asked if he could take a picture of us for the newspaper. <laughs> and we were like, yeah, I guess. And, and then it was in the paper, you know, just like kind of a feature photo. And I remember that and remember thinking there was absolutely not a thing in the world weird about a strange man pulling up, no, asking to take a picture. All. And I, I've had to do that a few, I've had to do that in the past is like, you know, Hey, go get a photo. We need a photo. We don't have any art for this story. We just need a feature photo. I've sent photographers out to get those photos and I've gone out and get those photos before. It's, it's awkward as hell. <laughs> right. But I mean, it's one thing if you're, you know, if you see a family and you say, Hey, you know, picture for the newspaper, but like just going up to some, you know, seven and 11 year old kids playing yeah. by themselves. I, w- I wouldn't do that today. Hey, you supposed to have film in that camera. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I had um I have one one uh story I might have told it before. I don't think I've told it on this podcast, but I was in the 10th grade and we were it was Christmas time, it was December, and my class at my high school um was doing a was donating a lot of canned goods to a grocery store. And so they called the local newspaper out there to take a group photo of us. There was about 10 of us. And so we all got together to take a photo and right before the photographer and he was using film right before the photographer took the photo, I put two fingers behind this girl's head and gave her bunny ears for the photo. I don't know why I did it just was being a a turd, I guess. And I'll never forget it because the photographer takes the photo, pops up behind the camera, gives me a go to hell look and says, sir, I saw what you did. And you know what? That's going in the paper. And then he walked off and then he walked off and everybody just, just looks at me like, what did you do? <laughs> I said, I did the, the bunny ears thing. And, and uh, it pissed the photographer off so much because I'm sure film was expensive and he had to go to some dark room and do this. And his life was such a beating that he had to go shoot a bunch of kids delivering canned goods as his assignment that day that it all led to this moment where he had absolutely had enough and he was going to run that photo. So for the next two nights, I couldn't sleep because I was so afraid that this photo was going to run in the newspaper. And, and I was showing bunny ears and what was supposed to be a really serious or, you know, whatever kind of photo, um, right before Christmas, the photo runs and there I am giving bunny ears to this girl and then we we're on Christmas break. And so I had to wait another 12, 14 days to go back to school and feel. And then I anticipated the wrath of my English teacher who brought us out there 
of me ruining this photo. I, it was the most excruciating 14 days of my life. Um, I got to school. I was scared to death. I go into that English class and nobody says a word about it. And so as, and when the class ends, I go up to the English teacher and I say, I'm sorry that I did bunny ears in the photo. And she said, what photo? And I said, the one in the newspaper. She goes, oh, I, I didn't, I don't get the paper. <laughs> and that was it. That was it. So <laughs> it was the, the worst moment of my life, worst two weeks of my life. And then I ended up going in the newspaper. So, yeah. I can definitely um, picture the photographer um, being, being cross with you, sir. Oh, sir. I mean, <laughs> if there's, if there's, I mean, the only thing grumpier than like a newspaper photographer uh, is like, the school photographer when you have oh, picture yeah. day and they're just like uh just sit there look at me they, like they, the, they don't want anything to do with our tomfoolery you know they don't right it isn't funny to them. we're wasting their time right and they're gonna get back at us by running this photo <laughs> he could have taken an extra photo and saved me a lot of heartache but he was being a jerk yeah this was in the days of film where supplies limited and probably you know you're even older than i am so like you probably had to have like the giant light you know and like you, and it's like <laughs> had, it's like to get behind the, the yeah it's yeah, yeah, like the hood over his head and it goes like <laughs> <laughs> we had to stand still for two minutes yeah. <laughs> none of us smiled yeah yeah uh, yeah yeah it was uh, i i'm sure sh- i'm i'm uh, i know i kept that photo it's somewhere I have to go looking through it one day. Um, we're about to move into a new house and that's not why I brought this up, but I have to go, when we do move, we're going to unearth a lot of stuff that's been in our attics for years. And oh, yeah. uh, I'm, I'm sure that photo is in there somewhere. You a lot ever... of stuff was from athletics. Um, I would be in random photos. I was in one photo where I was getting run over by a... <laughs> <laughs> A, a running back <laughs> but my yeah. number 10 appeared in the photo and so my mom clipped it <laughs> right right um yeah that's uh what i thought of when we had those pictures of um when we had those pictures of desmond evans and i was like looking at the other kids in those photos <laughs> and i was like there's like one kid that's like absolutely about to be just clobbered and he, he doesn't see it and it was a good, good photo <laughs> Yeah. yeah yeah i didn't mean to get into uh newspaper photo talk i know there's a lot going on i did want to pitch that we have a uh a really unique edition of the ramp monthly coming up in may it's going to be about sanford becoming this um hub for the wedding industry in north carolina and we've got a lot of people here saying that uh that um, Sanford may very well be the wedding capital of North Carolina. And to back that statement up, uh, the city is um, putting on a, without the city, but in Sanford, there will be a very large wedding expo in August. I think it's in August, might be in September, um, uh, at the Civic Center here. And uh, vendors from all over the state will be coming to it. And uh, um, so we'll talk more about it when it comes out. I will just say this. Wedding industry, if you've got a kick in wedding industry in a, in a place that does so much for other businesses, from food to photography to 
planning to florists to interior designers to um, uh, other things that I didn't even think of. I mean, of course, hotels and and things like that. But then you've got a lot of bachelor parties that take place out at uh, Deep River Sporting Clays. You've got a lot of um, a lot of uh, the breweries here who benefit from couples coming in from out of town and and uh, maybe having a rehearsal dinner that they wanted specialty beer at or something like that. Um, you've got food trucks that go to these weddings now. It's it's insane how much money weddings bring into a city, and Sanford is just kind of experiencing this boom in this industry right now. And they've got uh, several venues that are booked throughout the year here, and so it's um, it's become a much bigger story than I ever thought it would be. And so that's coming up in the next edition. Yeah, you. Um... You know, for the people listening, there's times when we have these cover stories and we'll collaborate on them. And then there's other times where this one person handles that cover story. And, and that's that's the case this time with you. Um, but you've mentioned that you think it's going to be a pretty lengthy story. And Oh, yeah, it's all you're getting from me this month. Right. Well, <laughs> but I think this will probably cover about 20, 25 pages. Of right. <laughs> well, it's I mean, I think it's interesting that it's we were surprised when we found out about this. It was Wendy Bryan with the Tourism Development Authority that told us this bit of information. But even looking into it, you've been surprised at what you found. Um, what are some of those things that you didn't expect? Uh, like a, just so far, it's been just the money that yeah. that this brings in. One of the reasons Sanford is is um, really popular is because a lot of these venues are still affordable to a lot of people and um, don't charge as much as the mountains or the beach or even Raleigh or Charlotte. Um, but uh, what I was amazed at was just the the number of venues here. Um, you might think, well. A lot of them are just, you know, those outdoor rustic, rust, the word rustic was used a lot by people I talked to, but it's just, it's more than that. You've got venues here that um, go for more of the industrial type look. I, I think back to your rehearsal dinner that was held in downtown Sanford um, mm -hmm. several years ago. You had it in the top loft at the uh, shops at Steel Street building in downtown Sanford. No, that was our uh, way. A lot of, that would that's what I said. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah the, the, the rehearsal dinner your, was at Deep your, Park. I'm sorry, I meant your reception. I didn't yeah, yeah. It was your reception, yeah. Your reception was held there, and uh, a lot of people go for that look, too, and Sanford has, is getting more and more um, facilities like that, and people are starting to look at downtown as potential. Um, you've got investors that are looking at downtown Sanford for potential event planning um things like that. And so uh, it's really just getting started here. And I think this, um, this expo that they're going to have this year, um, is going to be a big, a big thing. You know, 10 years ago, we were the pottery place and there's still a lot of that here. Don't get me wrong. Um, I think people have been trying to find what is Sanford's next thing. What are we, you know, what, what can we offer that you don't see in other cities here? And, uh, Weddings isn't a bad thing to do. I mean, a lot of people are making a lot of money off of this. So um, it, it's uh, that that's what's amazed me most about this. And I, you had a small wedding. You had a, in someone's backyard, you know, it was a lot of people there, but in terms of venue and all that, right. 
um, you guys, you know, you, you went more the private route. And uh, when my wife and I got married, we eloped and we went, you know, it was just the two of us. So I never had a huge wedding. I think of the three of us, John probably had the biggest wedding and he got married in Moore County. And uh, that's even brought up in the story that Moore County attracts a lot of the country club weddings, a lot of the golf course type weddings. And I think that's what Jonathan had was one of those country club type weddings. And uh, here it's a lot of barns. It's a lot of old churches. It's a lot of outdoor um, uh, wooden uh, structures that, you know, kind of um, huge permanent tent type weddings. And uh, that's what you're seeing a lot of here. And, uh, and it's not just people in Sanford. There's people from all over the state that are coming here to get married. And they said, this is another instance where Sanford's location plays a big role in its popularity. Right, right. Because if you have people coming from other parts of the state, it's centrally located. And yeah. And then they start lifting, listing off the things to do around here. And you don't really ever think of Sanford as a place to do a lot of things, but they're absolutely right. Um, if, if the groomsmen want to go golfing and the women want to go, you know, do whatever the stereotypical things that men and women do, they have all that here. If families want to go to breweries, those are here now. If they want to do shopping, you know, there's more of that here now. There's more places to eat. There's more catering businesses coming here. Um, uh, there's, uh, no shortage of photographers that are actually really talented that are shooting here and videographers and People like our friend Bill Freeman, who handles a lot of the DJ and, and sound for, for some of these events. Um, it's employing a lot of people right now. Yeah, absolutely. I'm looking forward to seeing your story, and I'm sure. Yeah, I'm looking forward to writing it. I <laughs> 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 only got a few days. And yeah. uh, um, Sunday, we're going out to some of these venues for some photos, and that's when I'm going to wrap up my interviews and then go to the bat cave and, and hammer this one out. So, right. Right. Well, there's um, plenty of other news that we've been able to report on the last couple of weeks. Um, and, you know, you can see that at that stuff at rantnc.com. but um, I'm excited. Uh, you know, speaking of downtown, there's that um, they're, they're doing, adding more public art to uh, Charlie Watson lane. Um I was looking at the permits that were issued in March and saw one for this decorative arch they're doing, which I think is, is really cool. And just another way to draw people downtown. Um, I'm excited to see what that ends up looking like. Um, uh, the, the same people who talked to me for the story about the arch, they, uh, they uh, tipped me off to the discovery of this underground trash container on Gulf street, which I thought was, uh, which I thought was really cool. Um, I had to have you have you ever heard of that being a thing like 100 years ago you'd take your your trash out of the house and put it in an underground can no but the more you talk about that because you talk about it all the time that no, I'm just kidding yeah uh, I, I, saw, <laughs> I, do I saw your story it. I saw your story and and I gotta say it stuck with me because I don't know why we still don't do that today it um, sounds like an amazing idea <laughs> well the piece that I linked said that uh that pr practice ended with the invention of the plastic trash bag, which was. Yeah, uh, but can you imagine, I mean, the amount of plastic we would save for one. That's um, true. Uh, if we just got to put all of our trash into this hole 
And our trash trucks were, instead of these giant lifts that dump it, were just these giant vacuums that suck it out. And, <laughs> and, uh, well, I think, I think that would be cool. I think that it was, um, they, you know, they said they were, uh, designed in a way that, that kept it can, from getting too stinky. But, um, I, I don't know how effective that always was because regardless of whether you put a little, you know, metal lid over your trash, you know, when it gets really hot outside, this is true. You're right. It's You're absolutely stink. right. You ever go walking on the, uh, on the, um, Kiwanis Park portion of the indoor trail, which um, there are, it, it coincides with, um, I, I'm going to guess, sewer lines. And those are deep underground. On a hot day, that smell does kind of creep up from time to time on that trail. And uh, yeah, I think you're right. It, it wafts up and catches yeah. the nostrils. But I, I hate, I, I, I just don't like trash cans. I don't think uh, I don't think they do a, a good enough job of keeping odors away, and um, I don't know. Maybe I'm just looking for the next best thing. Maybe we need to get our guest Brett Schaller to to invent the perfect trash can because I don't feel like that's been invented. Okay. Yeah, we'll move back with him. All right, stop what you're doing, cause I'm about to ruin the image and the style that you're used to. 